0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and the book Tactics when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, and the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, called One Body, Many Parts.
1: If we were all exactly the same, agreed on everything, held the same views, political opinions, the list goes on. The kids are in here today. If you all like the same cartoons, all the same stuff. That's not unity. Unity is when I don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything, but we move forward anyways in love. Christianity at its core is built on the idea that each one of us has been made uniquely in the image of God. And there is this idea of interdependency, interdependency. In the church. Interdependency is God's design for the Christian church. When you're hurting, you want somebody else to step in and be there for you. And you should do the same for someone else. Pride is at the root of a lot of the issues that we face. And Paul says, we ought not to think of ourselves too highly... In Romans 12, he says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but think of yourself with sober judgment. (laughs) I love that. Basically what Paul is saying is, be be real, you're not that great. (laughs) Right? He's just like, okay, look, when you think about yourself, think about yourself realistically. And it's so easy to see all the things we don't like in somebody else, right? How many grew up with siblings? Okay, so you, you, this is like true of all siblings, right? How many kids in here got in a fight with your brother or sister this morning? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. yeah look at honest families here. I love it, okay? There's this idea that we can't think of ourselves higher than we should. And that kind of leads us into this idea that we're going to see later in the text. But I want to read this to you real quick. This is from a commentary uh, from Stephen T. Um, he says, many people hop around different communities looking for the right fit. If we are all members of a local church, we are indispensable, or you could say irreplaceable. And all of our, all of the other members are indispensable parts of our lives. They too are part of the body that God has put together to display the beauty of the gospel. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with going to different churches and trying to find a fit. I'm not saying that. In fact, all of you ended up here because you did that. And there is something to be said for going into a place of worship and examining and making sure that they're holding true to the scriptures. But my point goes back to what hills are we willing to die on? And if it's... You know, we've heard stories of church splits that started at a, at a church potluck because a pastor was angry that a kid got a bigger piece of carne asada than he did. And you're like, what? Or, or we've heard stories of churches, and when you really strip it down, there's all these other things that came from the initial disagreement, right? But when you really pull back the veil, you find out that nobody liked the carpet color and everybody was mad. And, uh, you know, Nancy thought it should be green, and Jackie thought it should be red. Terrible colors. Don't, uh, I don't know why I said those colors. And, um, you know, it, it really boils down to something that doesn't even matter. God's heart for us is that we would be unified, and that we wouldn't major on the minors. Now, there's a little bit of this text as we are close to wrapping up this morning, but He says in verse 22, I just want to clarify this, right? He says, in fact, some of the body parts that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest dignity. I think the best example of this would be like internal organs. Like if your kidney is exposed, there is something seriously wrong, okay? So your kidney is playing a vital role, as are your liver and, you know, all your other in, internal organs, right? And <laughs> I got to tell the story. We moved the piano, and Pastor John has a really weird sense of humor, which I'm sure all of you have noticed. If he spoke once in front of you, you're like, yeah, this guy's kind of got a weird sense of humor, right? And uh, <laughs> we're moving the piano, and a couple of us, uh, there was like five of us. And that thing weighs 785 pounds, and it was like five of us. And uh, we lifted it. It was a struggle. Uh, to say the least. I'm glad no one was here to see. My face was like bright red. We're all hurting. Um, and one of the guys that was helping us lift it, he has a hernia, but it's like up by his belly button. And it's not like a problem. So the doctor didn't fix it. Right. But he's like, oh, my hernia popped out. And I was like, what? And he's like, hold on. and I'm like, no, what are you doing? And then Pastor John walks in. And he goes, yeah, be careful. If you untie your belly button, your butt will fall off. And I was like, what? Got a guy over here pushing in his hernia and John's saying your butt's going to fall off. And I'm like, we got to rehearse, man. Service starts in an hour. But there's these internal parts of our body that we don't really think about and we take them for granted. But it's like the old saying that sometimes you don't know what you had until it's gone. We've had... Moments like that, as church leadership over the years where somebody steps out of a role. And I'm going to just use Mike Rizzi as an example because Mike is a, a very faithful servant and does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And it would be really easy for us to look at Pastor Michael or worship leaders and music directors and, you know, um, teachers in classrooms as the, the most important But I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that those people play a very important role. But when Mike Rizzi goes on vacation, like everything changes. Like we'll we'll go to lock up the building and I'm like, all the air conditioners are still on. All the lights are on upstairs and that emergency exit's open. And then Matthew will be like, oh yeah, Mike's on vacation. I'm like, hmm, that makes sense. Because Mike doesn't really say anything, he just does. He just does stuff. And that's the way it should be. I heard a story of uh, a church and a woman was walking down the uh, hallway and she stopped and she looked at a a guy and she said, excuse me, sir, um, one of the light bulbs is out in the women's restroom. It's really hard to see over the the sink. And the guy said to the older lady, um, oh, well, I'm a pastor here. Uh, I don't don't change light bulbs, but we have a janitorial staff, so you can uh, just find one of them. And she said, okay, well, I'm uh, the senior pastor's mom. I'll let him know that his pastoral staff can't change light bulbs. <laughs> and see, the, we all laugh, but that attitude can creep into our hearts so fast. I don't do that. Some of you hold high positions at work. You run the office. Are you still willing to do the little tasks that aren't your job? Because that's humility, and that's the heart of Christ, is that as a body, we would function in our proper place where we're supposed to be, where we will thrive. If you cannot sing, I'm not going to let you be the worship leader. I love you, but that's not your role. Your role might be teaching students in a classroom where we are short every Sunday. We are short on Sunday school teachers. And let me tell you all, you don't have to be a scholar to teach the Bible to kids. I'm certainly not a scholar. I'm teaching to adults right now. And we have a shortage in that area every Sunday. And we have people who serve you donuts every week. And you eat them, and you drink the coffee, but you don't ever think about who makes the coffee, do you? Somebody had to get here early and make that coffee. And if the coffee guy goes, we call Joe the coffee guy. Every time I say, hey, Joe, how's the coffee? He says, "Eh, that's church coffee. (laughs) Right? Some of you are like, hey, I like church coffee. Okay. But if Joe doesn't show up and nobody steps in and makes a coffee. Everybody's angry. They show up to service and they're tired. Nobody got their coffee. This is obviously a very light-hearted example, but you get what I'm saying, that there are little parts of the body that play a big role and they're important. And I would just say that we can't look at each other this morning And like the foot says to the hand or the example that Paul uses, I don't need you. That's the wrong attitude. The right attitude for us as a church this morning is to look at each other and say, I need you. And I hope that you need me. And when somebody is hurting, we would step in and we would hurt with that person. That we would find healing when we need healing. And there's this idea this morning and that we need this church. We need this right now. Because there are so many people in this room this morning sitting maybe right next to you that are they're on their last leg, man. They have nothing left. And every time we come here, I want who cares what I want? God wants this place to be a family. Each one of you have been called his own. You're the daughters and the sons of the Most High King. And what will bring God the greatest joy this morning is if we can come in this place and love each other. Jesus said, love the Lord God with all your heart. And he said, the second commandment is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's really easy to love me, but it's a whole nother thing to love somebody else when we don't agree When they want Miguel's, now in and out. I'd be fine either way. James, in James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, he says, the context is taming the tongue, but there's a principle here I want to touch on, is that with the same tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who are made in His image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And I've taught on James before on a Sunday and I said, isn't this so easy to do? We worship God and we lift our hands and we sing our songs and then we leave here and somebody cuts us off and you, you know, you yell at him, and then you realize that it's like Tom and he goes to the church and you're like, oh, this is awkward. Our emotions are fickle. Our heart is fickle. It's fleeting. Our, our emotions can change in a moment.
0: Our mission here at Walk in Truth is to equip you with the Word of God and to give you the tools to express your Christian faith. But how do you initiate conversations effortlessly? Walk in Truth and Pastor Michael Lance would like to offer you the 10th anniversary edition of Tactics, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions by Greg Kokel. This
2: is how to navigate a conversation to build a bridge from a conversation to get to spiritual truths and to get
0: to the gospel. We are offering the book Tactics as a thank you when you give a donation of $20 or more to Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com, click the Donate button, or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or 844-48-TRUTH. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Walk in Truth.
1: James, in James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, he says, the context is taming the tongue, but there's a principle here I want to touch on, is that with the same tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who are made in His image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And I've taught on James before on a Sunday, and I said, isn't this so easy to do, we worship God and we lift our hands and we sing our songs and then we leave here and somebody cuts us off, and you, you know, you yell at him and then you realize that it's like Tom and he goes to the church and you're like, oh, this is awkward. Our emotions are fickle. Our heart is fickle. It's fleeting. Our our emotions can change in a moment. Emotions are a gift from God. They're a blessing in their proper place and context. But if I start to say that urge, and this is our culture right now, that urge that you have, that's who you really are. Chase that. Follow your heart. You want to do that and you keep feeling like you want to do that thing, so you need to do it because you're neglecting who you were meant to be. Those are sinful urges and God is telling you fight the temptation. And that's our culture right now. Follow every urge and every desire that you have. And I would say, follow Christ. And if you follow Christ, we will accomplish the diversity uh, and the unity that we're looking for in the church. When one part hurts, we all should hurt. When one part rejoices, we all should rejoice. Amen? This is not a complicated principle I don't really have anything else to say. We need to be unified as a body. And it will come through many means, but ultimately it will come through laying down our pride and actually loving each other, no matter what. When you disagree on something with someone, this week you will get into a disagreement with someone. Unless you're staying at home all week, you're going to probably find someone that you don't agree with. It could be something big. It could be something small. My encouragement to you as a church this morning would be that when that opportunity presents itself, you would act in love. And you would stop before you respond because, man, we are so quick to respond. I'm talking to myself. But instead, I would stop and I'd say, okay, how would the Lord want me to handle this? Probably not what I was just thinking about saying. Right? I should probably not say that. We want to be a unit, together, unified. And, you know, verse 27 through 31 is really going to tie in with chapter 14. So for the sake of today, we'll, we'll leave those verses be. Um, Pastor Michael is going to continue to the next chapter. I love 1 Corinthians 13. It's going to be great next week, so we hope you'll be here. But this next section about the order of things in the church, we're going to really be able to kind of hit on that more in chapter 14. But I just want to say this as the last thing. The band can come on out, and this is really what it boils down to. The head of the body is Christ. If you think about how your body works right now, just think about this, the miracle of life. I, I, tell, I told the youth students this last time I taught on creation. I said, isn't this nuts? Now, you're like, what? Okay, just think about what's happening right now. I can just think and my fingers move. That's insane. I do not understand how that works. Okay? And scientists explain it, and I'm like, still don't get it. They're like, well, synapses fire in that section of the brain that causes motion and it uh, engages, and then your fingers go. I'm like, that still doesn't explain how that actually happens, though. Okay? Because God is a miracle-working God. He has done things that I cannot understand because he is so much bigger and so much greater and so much more mighty than me. And just to think about the way your body works, the head ultimately dictates what will happen in the sense that your brain sends those signals. I wonder if we actually, this is my metaphor for this morning, if Christ is at the head, and let's say Christ is in command, right? Because he is and he should be. If he just said things and we just followed and we just said, all right, Lord, you want us to do that? We're going to do it. Man, how our world would change. The band is scared to come out because I'm not praying. You guys can come out. <laughs> but seriously, man, our world, our churches would change if when God said go, we just said okay. We sing a song called Spirit Lead Me. I love that song. You guys like that song? So good, right? Some of you hate it. I'm like, sorry. You know, you are looking at me weird when I said that. But the chorus of the song says, oh, man, I got to remember the lyrics now, Shane. All right. The chorus says... Um, if you say it's wrong, then I'll say no. If you say release, I'm letting go. If you say to jump, I'm diving in. Man, if we would just live our life like that, when God says to do something, we we'll just say, okay, if God says it's wrong, we say, okay, Lord, you said it's wrong. Maybe I don't even understand why it's wrong, but I'm going to listen to you anyways. And I pray that I pray that if there's disagreements in this room this morning, if there are things that have been going on, bitterness, backstabbing, gossip, I don't know, maybe not, praise God, but maybe that you would handle that situation this morning and that you wouldn't let disunity creep in. Because can I tell you this, church? Satan wants to divide us this morning. If there's one thing he wants to accomplish, he wants to convince you that you're better than you are and that you don't need anybody else. Because if he can get you off on your own, you'll be at your weakest point my hand is no good when it is detached from my body but when it is connected to the body playing its role that God intended for it to play it's amazing what it can do these guys behind me can play these instruments and God has given everybody a unique gift a unique gift and if we would just step into that and say God whatever you want i'm yours I think that, I think your whole life would change. I know your whole life will change because that's the goodness of our Savior. Amen? Lord, help us to be unified this morning. It is amazing how time flies by uh, up here. And Lord, I just, we could talk about it all day, but really the, the idea is so simple. We need to love each other. And we need to really decide what's worth fighting for and what's worth just letting go. And Lord, I pray that if there are broken relationships this morning, if there is healing that is needed, restoration that is needed, God, that you would do that work in our lives. As we sing this last song, God, there's this idea that you use broken vessels. You take the broken parts of our lives. I heard a pastor say one time, you take the broken, fragmented pieces of our broken lives and you build them and you put them together and you make something beautiful. And this church needs to be a unit. The church needs to be a unit. Far beyond the walls of living truth, God. We need unity amongst your people. And God, I pray that you would do that work in our hearts because it does start within our hearts. Bring unity to our churches, to our families, God. To the broken parts of our lives that need healing and I pray that if somebody feels alone this morning they feel like they can't face the struggle one more day that you would remind them that they are yours and their identity and everything that they are is found in who you have already said that they are if you do not know Jesus this morning maybe you've been pushing him away for a long time the idea of church is something that maybe you've had a bad experience or maybe it's, it's just something that you've never been interested in. Can I just tell you and plead with you for a second that your soul is the most important part about you. Your body will die one day, but your soul will go on forever and you're going to one of two places, friend. And you need to be right with the God who made you, who loved you enough that he gave his son to die for you. You need to be in right relationship with the God who loves you and made you. And you can do that this morning. And it's not going to be an emotional thing. It's going to be you saying, "You know what? I'm tired of struggling. I'm try- I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm going to make a decision this morning to stand my ground and say, "Lord, I surrender everything to you." Your life is not going to get easier after today if you make that decision. I promise you it will get more difficult. But if you turn to him, the scripture says, if you turn and you repent of your sin and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner, I'm broken and I need you. He is faithful to forgive you every single time because he loves you.
0: You're listening to One Body, Many Parts, part three by Pastor Shane Lance on Walk in Truth. We'd really like to hear from you about why you listen to the program. What is it about the message that helps you? please give us your comments by emailing or writing us. Contact information is on walkintruth.com, or you can call and leave us a brief message at 844-48-TRUTH. Visit walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. And thanks for reaching out to us. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the world is saying
2: their songs about unity, and I, and I think it's a desire that the world would come together. But in the body of Christ, we are one. We're called to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, but it's already there. We just need to preserve it. And that certainly can be a job. But we are one. It's a very special thing to be a Christian and to belong to the same Lord, the same Father, to have the same Spirit. Uh, it's an amazing thing. And the Church of Jesus Christ, with all of its flaws, because it is filled with people, is one of the most beautiful things in all the earth. And when it's right, oh man, it sends such a a refreshing, life-changing message to the world. Jesus said the world would know that the Father sent the Son if we are truly loving each other and if we're one. Let's pray for that unity. Let's pray that the Lord does a mighty work in his body and it becomes really a true revival in our country. Well, I'm grateful that you had a chance to listen to Pastor Shane's message on one body, many parts. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to start the famous love chapter, First Corinthians 13. You've probably heard it at the weddings that you've been at, and maybe you've heard it in other settings. It is one of the most beautiful sections of scripture, one of the most life-changing, and one of the most challenging. It's all about true love. What is agape or agape love? How do I apply it? in my marriage, in my relationships, in my church relationships. It's what's coming. It's called true love. And we're going to begin that study tomorrow on Walk in Truth. Tune in, tell a friend, keep your heart open, and we'll catch you
0: right there and then. God bless you. Tune in tomorrow for Pastor Michael's return and his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about true love. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.